There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the Thank you for tuning into the Friday edition of the podcast. We are not going to have Job 24 being preached today, but rather just an exhortation unto righteousness. I feel like that's what the Lord would have for us today. And so we'll proceed with that in just a few moments. But I first want to make a few announcements. One of those today at 11 o'clock at our church, Brother Rich Forty is going to have his funeral, his homegoing service, and then be buried there in the Blaine Cemetery, the Great Side Service. If you're in the area, not knowing about that, you're welcome to come, attend the services that we'll be preaching, and there will be a funeral. Rich was a dear man and grew up a very simple man, but came to the Monastic Community Baptist Church pretty much right after they had started the church, uh, back long before I ever knew Brother Black and the folks there. And uh, yet God has worked in Rich's life, had a testimony of salvation, knowing Jesus Christ, and lived that life, lived that life in Christ. As the pastor said the other day, he said, our track rack will not need filled near as much. Rich was very diligent about giving up those gospel tracks. And I know the last time we got to see him, uh, cancer had reduced him greatly. Uh, he was still communicative at that point and that time. And he and I communicated and he reassured me again that he had faith in Jesus Christ, that he knew the Lord. How we do thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that testimony. Uh, my wife and I will be leaving sometime next week. And we'll be heading up to Maine, and we're going to be at our home church on Sunday. Brother Jack Haynes is going to be preaching at our home church. We thank the Lord for Brother Haynes. And then we're going to head out and head up to Maine. Well, Wednesday through Friday, we'll be at the Agamalga Baptist Church of Sedgwick, Maine. And then Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, they have a preaching service followed by a picnic on the grounds. And so we look forward to that. And then the following Sunday, just the very next day, at uh, 1030 in the morning, I believe it is, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, we'll be at the Tremont Baptist Church there in Seal Cove, Maine. That's Chuck Barnes and the folks there. And then it'll be 630 each night, Monday through Wednesday. And we're looking forward to our trip, looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. Pray for us. Pray the Lord to give us strength, help my wife in this difficult time, taking three children on the road. But the Lord would give us the strength that we need, give her the strength and the wisdom that she needs as we travel. I'd like to say one more thing about Rich Forty. Uh, Brother Rich loved preaching. Uh, he and his wife always some of the first ones at church. Normally, if they weren't there, there was something wrong. And they were faithful to the house of God and loved to be around preaching, loved to be in the special meetings and how we thank the Lord for that. When we're up there in Maine, even up in Vermont, there's a lot of folks that say they love the McVeighs, love the ministry. I've had people tell me their family members are lost, lost children. And, uh, and and how they need the Lord, but yet they want to attend special services. And I marvel at that. I marvel at the absolute indifference towards preaching today. There are some that love preaching. There are some that will do uh, whatever they can to attend the preaching, how we thank God for that. And I may be in evangelism, but I don't need to listen to myself. I like to listen to other preachers. We try to travel to go to preaching. We try to attend special services, even when other people are preaching. That's foreign to a lot of men today. And we thank the Lord right up the road from us. Uh, 
Brother Wagner, the folks there at Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church will have special preaching. We'll get to attend those services. The folks over the mountains will have services. We get to attend. Folks in Blaine will have different special services. In July, the Maury's will be there preaching. And uh, so we certainly thank the Lord for that. And so I, I encourage you and I exhort you, my brethren, to attend special preaching. Here's why. He's for the time will not come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, that's not a surprise that that's taking place. And that's taking place because men, after their own lusts, they've heaped to themselves teachers having itching ears. What is that? They want someone to tell them the prosperity gospel. They want someone to tell them that gain is godliness, contrary to Scripture. They want somebody to tell them that their way is right. Their fornications and adulteries and lusts and godlessness, it's okay. Therefore, sound doctrine will not penetrate their ears. In that world, what you have is you have a lot of hype. You have a lot of, I call it sensitivity, where people are easily offended. Uh, you have folks living carnally, living after the flesh, searching after the flesh, seeking after the flesh. But what you do not have is you do not have a spirit-filled generation filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with all righteousness, holiness, and godliness. And that's what's needed today. We have a generation that has run after fables. They've run after the deceit. There is no longer doctrine. But the Maury had preached at our home here on Monday, and he and I had talked after the fact, and we were discussing some things throughout the week as we spent time together, and we were talking about the fact that people just aren't used to doctrinal preaching. And when you preach doctrine a lot of places, they think you're crazy. They look at you, you got three heads. They do not understand the doctrines of the Word of God. They have the basics that we're all going to go to heaven someday. And after that, it varies from tithing to serving God to going soul winning. That's about the limit of their repertoire. And most preaching I hear, that's the limit of the preaching. I go to special meetings and you know, basically a man will stand in the pulpit. I'm not mocking. I'm not saying I'm anything. I certainly am no better than any man I'm speaking. There are men far greater than me. I just hear a continual theme. And that theme is you need to serve God more. You need to give more. You need to go soul winning more. That's just a continual theme. And uh, they're telling people you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. They get guilty. They run to the altar. They go down to boohoo for a little bit. They get back off the altar, go home the same way they came. But I like what Brother David Vernon, who's been a guest on this podcast in the past, Brother David Vernon, many years ago, he said, good doctrine will produce good living. Bad doctrine will produce bad living. How do you know people are doctrinally sound? Because they live right, and they live clean, and they live according to Scripture. That's why that doctrine has fled us today. On the other hand, you have the, the loose living, the godless uh, living, but then on the other hand, you have folks that live so strict and so clean and so holy that they're no earthly good. And what happens then is the standard becomes the doctrine. And they have all the doctrines of homeschool and courting and versus dating and, and living right and women wearing long, modest apparel, loose flowing garments and men dressed right and have your hair parted on the left and always, of course, keep your goatee trimmed and your beard trimmed and you know, a woman only uses clear polish, and I could just go through a thousand things. You never eat in certain restaurants. You don't go to certain places. You don't do, and that becomes sound doctrine, and those things are not necessarily bad things, but what happens is you have people that they know every standard in the book and every standard they're supposed to live by, and some even live by them, not many, but some do, but they don't know sound doctrine, and that's why we have a famine of hearing of the Word of God. And when doctrine preaching comes and doctrines of the Word of God, people look like a deer in the headlights. 
I've had people say, even into my preaching in recent months, I've tried to make things as simple as I could. I've had people say things like this just in the last several months. They say, I didn't understand that. I don't know what you were preaching. I don't understand what you meant by that. I heard one man say, I'm not familiar with that subject of which you were preaching. But yet it was out of the word of God. And I'm not preaching heresy. I'm not preaching foolishness. It was taking the word of God, expounding the word of God, and showing them the doctrines of the word of God. But they're so unfamiliar with that, it's foreign words to them. Therefore, men have not been in tune with sound doctrine, not in touch with sound doctrine. But the apostle Paul said this. He said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, why did he say that? Because there's a lot of wisdom of words. There's a lot of educated preaching. There's a lot of good-sounding preaching, beautiful typologies, wonderful stories, beautiful poetry. Yet, so many times, it's void of doctrine. Why? They'll not endorse sound doctrine. Men don't want to hear sound doctrine. But the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved... It is the power of God. And then he said this, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. What men can't tolerate today is a man possibly with little or no education, although some have great education, but a man that has little or no education, not waxing elegant, doesn't know how to say fancy words, doesn't know how to say things. I know some men that... that the vulgarity of their language, and I didn't say profanity, I said the vulgarity. It's crude, it's rude, it's not good English, it's terrible grammar, but they stand and they preach in the power of God. Why? It's not a grief to God. God confounds minds with that wisdom. Educated people sit there and they pick apart the grammar and they pick apart the misspeaking. I sat under a man for his five and a half years when I first went to evangelism. I thank God for him. I talked about him many times in the pulpit in this podcast. I thank God for Brother Herbert. But he talks about the day he preached on Doo-Doo's mighty, David's mighty man, Doo-Doo, in the, in the Old Testament. When he was a novice preacher, he didn't know it was Dodo. He thought it was Doo-Doo. And he kept preaching on Doo-Doo and how you don't want to be a Doo-Doo. And, and, you know, that was just Brother Herbert. And men would scoff at that and mock at that and misspeaking and, and I tripping over words. I've preached for multiple preachers over these. I have friends that are dyslexic. They have a terrible time with words, yet God uses what we consider foolishness, confounds the minds of the wise, and can give that man a message from God and to fill that man with the Holy Ghost to deliver exactly what is needed to be said. Now, a man can have an education and do that, but it's not the wisdom of his education that stirs in hearts. It's not the, the intellect of his education that stirs in hearts. It's not the manner of his education that stirs in his hearts. And God does not stir in hearts in English-speaking people using Greek words. God does not minister to their hearts with the Greek. God does not minister to their hearts with the Hebrew. If you're an English-speaking person, God ministers to your heart with a language you can understand, which is King James Bible English. That's how God ministers. And again, that's not wise. I sound uneducated saying that, but the reality is it's not about education. It's not about how smart we are. It's whether or not we believe God. And a man can be a genius, and he can believe all these wonders out of the Word of God, and he can explain the sciences of the Word of God and explain how the storm was calmed and how each particle of air was returned back into the heavens and the rain separated and fell upon the earth and watered the green grass and the cheetah came down and drank that water and doo-dooed on the grass and the grass sprung up again and an apple seed grew and out of that seed came a mighty tree and 
Out of that mighty tree will come the fowl of the air who will feast upon the kings of the earth. And by the way, that's not too far from some stuff I've heard over the years. And how that that fowl of the air will use the stars of heaven to guide them in their courses. And they'll follow the steps of Orion and the Pleiades. And I mean, it's so wise and it's so smart. And heard a man years ago, he preached on the New Testament churches, the stars in the hand of Jesus Christ. And he preached those New Testament church pastors are stars in heaven. And I mean, New Testament pastors were just tickled fancy. They loved it, man. They said, oh my goodness, there's a star in heaven and it's me because I'm a pastor. And it went to their egos and their heads and they were puffed up with pride. And I said, there's an evangelist going, man, I wish I had a star. I wish I had a star floating around the heavens. The only thing I got is a moon. But that's a whole nother story, I guess. But you're dealing with fancy preaching, eloquent preaching, wisdom of this world. And God's not in 100 miles of that. Why not? Because he uses the things that confound the minds of the wise, and it's the foolishness of preaching. He would destroy the wisdom of the wise. Verse 21 of 1 Corinthians 1, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Again, he mentions the foolishness of preaching. It's what it's going to take. When we're in Maine, it's going to take the foolishness of preaching to unravel lives. It's going to take the foolishness of a man with little or no education, just takes a King James Bible, not slothful. I take it. I study it. I read it. I believe it. I try to believe every word. I don't understand every bit of it, but I try to let God be my teacher, try to let him show me the word of God, and therefore I'll preach what I've learned. I don't preach what I haven't learned, and I don't preach what somebody else has learned. I try to preach what I have learned, what the Lord has shown me, and we're trusting that in that foolishness, God will move, and God will save sinners. That's the promise of God. And so we're praying that God will use the foolishness of preaching to save them that will believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. But in verse 24, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now why is that? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, What is the foolishness of God? Well, one of the things he tells us is the foolishness of preaching. That's wiser than men. That is wiser than the wisest man. That a man would stand in the frailty of his flesh using odd body language. And listen, I've known men that had quirks and schisms and spasms and unusual and peculiar movements in their facial structure and their arms and their limbs. And God uses that. I've known men that stuttered, men that stammered, men that had trouble forming words, and God used that. Why? Because he's confounding the minds of the wise. For when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That's all that matters that you've been with Jesus. And so therefore, we're in a day when they will not endure sound doctrine, but that's their own lust. What are they doing? They're heaping to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They've turned from truth. They're turned unto fables. What is the greatest fable of all? The word of God is up for debate. The word of God is, is just fallible. The word of God can be corrected. The word of God is not pure. They'll say it is, but they don't believe that it is. Or they don't believe it has power to change a life. Therefore, they need a man to change their life. They don't believe that. 
For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring not to naught, things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So there's your highly educated crowd. That's not a slight if anybody here listening has a degree, even a doctorate's degree. But it's not your education. That has nothing to do with how your relationship with God is. Has nothing to do with your standing with God. Has nothing to do with your ability in preaching. Has nothing to do with the wisdom of your preaching. It's not wrong to get an education. It's not wrong to have multiple degrees. It's not wrong to be very intelligent. It's not wrong to be a dollard. You just be what God wants you to be. But God uses the things that confound the minds of the wise. God uses the things that we wouldn't select. God uses people we wouldn't pick. God uses voices we wouldn't want to hear. God uses men that you and I would think are outcast or cast into the dung heap. As our dear brother says in New York, he's at the bottom of the barrel. Bob, B-O-B, bottom of the barrel. And God can use that man to preach the word of God, to prick hearts, to deal with hearts, and convert folks to Jesus Christ. That's what preaching will do. That's the importance of preaching. So what do you have today? You're in a city, two men preaching across town, two different revivals. One is a nobody from nowhere with no name and no degree and no hierarchy and no standing and no pedigree. And the other man has great pedigree and great knowledge and is in all the institutions and is in all the writings and preaches at all the big meetings. And where do people flock to? They flock to hear him that isn't held in high regard. They don't believe that the man across town that has no impact, has no regard, has no education, has no pedigree, is not. And they don't believe that he has the power of God. They're confused because they don't believe God. They bought into this thing hook, line, and sinker that God uses the great things of this world and the high things of this world and the wisdom of this world and the wealth of this world They've been deceived into thinking that that brings the power of God, when it's the opposite. God confounds minds with the simple things. God takes the most basic. That's why out of the mouths of babes and of sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Why? There are times my baby, who's only 13 and a half months old, there's times that he can praise the Lord. There's times that he will rejoice. There's times that his laughter will fill the room in godliness and holiness. I say, people say, I don't believe that. I've been her firsthand. I've been partaker of that. Thank God for that. There's times his laughter has been a delight to his father. And it's made me rejoice in the goodness of God and the mercy. That's how he's perfected that praise. Why? Because that baby's innocent. That baby doesn't know. He's perfected that praise. And oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He takes those simple things and takes those small things. And he confounds the minds of the wise. I teach my children those birds are praising God in the morning. You know why? Because I believe they're out there praising God every morning. I, if you notice the patterns of birds, and we watch birds, we love birds, we like birds, we watch them, we feed them, we enjoy them. You watch the patterns of birds, about noon they get to rejoice it again. We've just seen that pattern. 
We see more activity. We're out there today listening. Out there in the morning, the birds are chirping. Out there in the afternoon, about noon, the birds are chirping. Long about evening time, about bedtime, the birds are out there singing their song, flying around in their nest, singing their beautiful warbles and songs and chirps and tweets. Why? At evening and at morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. They have perfected praise. And you say, McVeigh's crazy. He's lost his mind. No, the Lord uses those simple things to confound the minds of the wise. And the reason people contend with those things is because they're too educated. They're too smart. They don't believe that the, the creation praises God. They don't believe the animals can give praise to the most high God. They don't believe a baby can praise the most high God. But you better rest assured in this. God uses the base things of this world. And the most base thing in this world is an old sinner that's been saved by the grace of God. No, not knowledge of God prior to Jesus Christ. No understanding of spiritual things, but he knows Jesus Christ. May not have an education, may not have wisdom, may not have a degree, may not have graduated high school, may still have vulgar language and crude language and strong language, but he can be used of God because God uses the base things of this world to God be the glory. That's our Friday exhortation. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.